0: And good afternoon on a beautiful sunny but chilly day almost in Philadelphia. I'm Char Nolan, one of the chef instructors here at Ruby and I am very happy to be with everyone today. We've got some great questions and I also have a couple of uh things that come to mind when I'm reading your assignments and so I thought I would share a couple of quick hacks with you that would also just be fun. We'll start off by letting everyone know that it is Black History Month and perhaps some of you read on our Instagram at Ruby Plants that we featured a very nice uh, post about Bryant Terry who is a, an East Bay based um, chef, educator, author, um, community activist, and an all around really nice person. Uh, This is one of my favorite books of his, um, Afro Vegan. And um, it's not an oil-free cookbook, but so many of the recipes taste absolutely delicious without oil. And uh, my Bryant Terry story, is actually a fun one. It yielded a wonderful article um, on a website here, a food website here in Pennsylvania. And it was in 2014 and he was coming to Philadelphia to promote his then new book. He's written two more since then. And um, he needed a ride from the train station to the venue that I happened to be going to. And a friend called and said, hey, would you mind picking up Brian Terry at the 30th Street Station? And there I stood with a sign that said, Mr. Brian Terry, like this. And lo and behold, I became his uh, event chauffeur. And when we were riding in the car, my wheels were turning, and I thought this would be such a great article. So not only did I drive him to the venue and then drive him to the Airbnb that he was staying at, the next day, very early in the morning, I went back to the Airbnb and took him to the airport. And I will just say this, that aside from being just a wonderful person, and if you have the chance to read this book, the introduction includes an absolutely beautiful, beautiful response from Alice Waters. And um, he, she is one of his idols. So get the book. It's also a really good read culturally and culinarily so if you are into um exposing uh your book collection and we have posted a wonderful wonderful link to a bookstore in uh the pacific northwest called book larder which has a wonderful wonderful montage of about 16 books that you might be interested in for Uh, learning more about uh, Black History Month and culinary beliefs and other important things like that. But this is one of my favorite books. Um, Sometimes I just read it for fun. So that being said, it happens to also be, whoops, it also happens to be Heart Health Month. And uh, many of you know that I am a big fan of Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn, Jr. from the Cleveland Clinic. This was his first book written in 2009. And the 150 recipes were written by Ann Creil Esselstyn. And uh, when you read this book, aside from the good science that is in it, um, you see how far we have come in about 15 years in terms of there being a more awareness to what plant-based foods are. Uh, we also see a lot of manufacturing of plant-based foods. Some are good, some are not. Uh, This is uh, one of my favorite books, and the accompanying cookbook is uh, by Anne, uh, Anne Cryle Esselstyn, again, and Jane Esselstyn, their daughter, who also happens to be their neighbor, and uh, I've had this book since 2014, and as you can see, it's pretty worn out. Uh, it will open up easily to these. Th- today's National Muffin Day. So uh, there we go on the floor, but today's National Muffin Day. And uh, Jane has a great recipe for jalapeno and salsa corn muffins. And I can tell you that uh, Jane and I have often uh, stood together making uh, 25 dozen of those muffins for events. It's a great recipe. Uh, it has lots of delicious things in it. So Heart Health Month, We've been posting things on social media that you might be interested in. And along with that um, is uh, this other book that I love for um, heart health is uh, Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior and uh, also by Jane and Anne. And um, there's a little blurb about me in this book. So uh, I say get the book, not for that, but because of the recipes and the content is just so beautifully written. So with that said, uh, I think that we may be ready to uh, begin uh, some of the questions that we have today. And um, Patrick, I see, put the uh, link up. Thank you for doing that, Patrick. Um, Here's someone who received a set of Staub cookware. Now Staub is similar to Le Creuset. Uh, It's cast iron, and then it has an enamel coating to it. And uh, this is from Natalie. Hello, Natalie. she read the instructions to um, the cookware, which is great. And it said that she must absolutely, absolutely use oil. Now, I have um, some Le Creuset that's 40 years old. And behind me, I have some uh, imitation that works just as well. And uh, I've been cooking without oil for almost 15 years, and nothing has happened to my pots. What you may be referring to, is that when you first get these pans, it's really a good idea to wash them with a little bit of oil so that you can condition the lining of the pan. So I don't cook with oil. What I make in my pots are usually soups and stews and I steam things and make lots of things but i don't use oil and nothing is going to happen to the interior of your pan so my suggestion is i don't know how many pots and pans were in your set but that you might want to try using one pot at a time and see how um you know how that uh, oops sorry uh, how that works for you so that is um my suggestion uh, about that and i hope you have fun cooking with them because um They're beautiful pots and pans and uh, very heavy. I also always say to people, if you're cooking with them, make sure that you have your shoes on. And I know this sounds silly, but uh, you do not want uh, the top to fall on your foot and you do not want to break a toe. And I'm being quite serious about that. I've read where people have been cooking without shoes and dropped a pot or a pan and then ended up with some fractured uh, fingers and things like that. So. Very good question. Very, very good. Those were my tips. Uh, The next one comes from uh, Mary A, who um, wants to know about cooking whole foods, especially specific to grains. So are they still whole when they are ground? Yes, they become unwhole when they are heavily processed. So I wanted to give you an example because sometimes when I'm reading your assignments, I see where uh, people will say, I went to grind some spices in my coffee uh, machine, uh, my coffee grinder, and the herbs ended up taste, tasting or smelling like coffee. So what you're gonna do is you have, um, excuse me, uh, this is your immersion, The whoops, the, excuse me for one second. There we go, sorry about that. Uh, this is the bottom to your immersion blender. And uh, you're going to take some whole grains like these. These are hemp seeds, chia, and flax. And you're going to put them in here. Now what I do when I do this is I cover this, the holes up with tape. And then what happens is that you're just gonna hold it this way with the immersion blender. And after about a minute, what will happen is that you'll get these beautiful, this beautifully ground, mixture of your grains so two tablespoons will fit in here and then what you have to do after that most importantly left an important step out is you've got to cover it with a saran wrap or that glad sticky wrap or whatever it is that you like to use but they come out beautifully and then the other beauty of this is that you can put this in the dishwasher or wash it by hand and it won't have any coffee oil flavor to it so um that's the answer to my question. And so no, as long as they still remain whole, as these are, um, we, we want uh, things that are fibrous, and that still remains fibrous for you. So I hope that that is uh, helpful to you. Um, I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty. So give me one minute here. Hold on for a half a second. There we go back in action. Okay. Uh, This is from Cindy E. Hi, Cindy. How are you today? Uh, What is the best way to cook non-oil, freshly grated hash browns? You have come to the right person. Okay. Now, the the rest of your question is, should you cook them um, oven or stovetop? And I say neither. And that's because you're going to use a waffle iron. And when I got my waffle iron like 100 years ago, I conditioned it with oil because you want to give it that first run. And these come out beautifully. They stay together. You don't need oil. But my first recommendation to you is that after you grate the potatoes, you want to squeeze out all of the liquid that is in the um, potato because otherwise they're going to come out like mushy and not delicious. So I will also let you know that for this purpose I used the Walmart brand of hash browns, because there's no salt in them and there are no preservatives. Other brands do have that kind of, um, those kinds of ingredients in them. So what I do is I, even when I use fresh potatoes, I make a bunch of them in advance. I layer them with um, parchment paper and keep them in the freezer. And when it's time to eat them, I stick them in the toaster and they come out beautifully crispy. You can also put them in the air fryer in this state and also, Cindy, you can put them in the air fryer depending upon what uh, brand of air fryer you have. But draining the potatoes is the most important thing for you to do. So I hope that uh, that was uh, helpful. Great question. And, uh, you know, waffle iron uh, can be used for so many things. I use it as a panini grill, um, I use it to make waffles, of course. But uh, sometimes if I have leftover muffin mix, I'll throw them into the waffle iron and make a waffle and then put them in the freezer. So um, be true to your waffle iron, show it a little bit of love. Uh, Wonderful question. Thank you so much. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say, we have a question coming up about salt, but I did want to say one thing that a lot of people seem to like ketchup a lot. And ketchup is a very high sodium food for its little quantity. Maybe there's 160 milligrams of sodium in a teaspoon. So a better way to make that is I have here, I had a leftover jam and I put in an equal amount of tomato paste. This is Muir Glen. It has 25 milligrams of sodium in it and what happens is that you mix the two together, equal amounts of each. I like to add a little garlic powder and a little bit of vinegar and it makes a really beautiful, whoops, a really beautiful ketchup for you to serve. And there you have it. So if you're looking for a delicious ketchup, there's a way to go. And if you're looking to cut back on your sodium, also using uh, a ketchup that you would make yourself. One more thing about ketchup. most ketchups, most commercial ketchups, uh, will have high fructose corn syrup. Although I do notice that the popular American brand Heinz now makes a no sugar added. However, it still has salt in it. So try making your own. It's delicious. It's fun. You've got a leftover jar of fruit conserve. You don't know what to do with it. Bingo, bango, a little tomato paste, some garlic powder, a little drop of vinegar, whip, 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 taste, taste, taste. And then instead of relying on a recipe, rely on your own flavor response, because that's how you develop uh, even better cooking skills in the kitchen. So if you ask me for a, a recipe for this, I would probably say, I don't know, just tastes good, but equal amounts of each and then maybe a teaspoon of your favorite kind of vinegar and garlic powder. And I would say about a quarter of a teaspoon, but to your taste. And, um, you know, it'll last for up to five days in your refrigerator, make it in small amounts. And so you've got a delicious dish here, but it doesn't offend your, home- your body's homeostasis with so much added salt to it. So there is that. Thank you, Cindy. I hope that that was um, a, a good uh, response to you. Oh, dear. The next one is from Fran C. We, know, we only know one Fran C, and that's Fran Costigan, who's the director of our Essential Vegan Desserts program. And again, Fran, happy National Muffin Day to you. I saw your post this morning and your muffins looked absolutely delicious. So Fran's question um, is about swapping out uh, dried different dried fruits for fruit paste. So Um, You can use apricots, as she has mentioned. I have two that I really like to use. One of them is I enjoy an unsweetened uh, mango uh, that's dried. And what I do with it is I will cut them into smaller pieces and then proceed the same way that you would if you were making any other kind of fruit paste and letting it soak in water. Uh, These are delicious. They have a little tartness to them. So if you're making a salad dressing, uh, the tartness is good. And then there's also the color effect of using the beautifully um, yellow mangoes. And then the other thing is I like to use these cranberries. They are have 50% less sugar in them. So the interesting thing about um, uh, dried fruit, a lot of it, especially cranberries, is that they are coated with an oil, and then they have uh, sugar added to them. And sometimes the sugar is not a vegan sugar. So I'm often skeptical of cranberries. However, um, if you go to a place like Whole Foods, they do have unsweetened cranberries. They are beyond tart, but they do kind of give you that tartness that you might be looking for. But they're very, very tart. I like these 50% less sugar, um, still has a little bit of oil in it, but there's zero grams of total fat in the recipe. So that should be uh, something helpful. So um, Fran, I know that you and I also are both big fans of the dried plum. However, we prefer calling it the prune. And prunes also make a wonderful, wonderful um, fruit paste for a dressing or uh, a baked item or whichever. So I think that that is a, a good thing. Thanks so much for your question, Fran. Uh, Fran and I are often in comunicato with one another because she is the chairperson of the membership committee for the Dame de of the Philadelphia chapter, and I am on her committee. So we have a lot of fun working together. Um, if there are any female chefs, here today. My suggestion is, is that if you have been working for more than five years in this industry, in whatever facet it might be, you might want to look into membership of Les Dames, which is a 501c3 not-for-profit philanthropic organization. So anyway, France, my boss uh, at Les Dames. Um, Okay. This is from Janet B. Hello, Janet. How are you today? I recently, oh, this is sweet. I recently read Woman Warrior and Saw Your Name in the Acknowledgements. Uh, well, I don't get any congratulations. I've known the Esselstins, as you know, for many, many years and was really honored when Jane and Ann asked me to sort of chronicle uh, my path into the um, plant-based Whole Foods arena. And uh, I'm honored to know them and uh, I'm grateful to know them because Sometimes I'll say to Anne, you know, if I didn't know you, I probably would be like, I don't know, not as healthy as I am, but I love their work and I'm super big fans. So uh, thank you so much for that. That's very nice of you, Janet. Uh, oh, this is from Mitch. I know Mitch very well. Mitch uh, is a current student, and I'm not sure why my screen keeps going off, but there we go again. It's not exactly in front of me. So um, Mitch had a quite a really good question. Well, all questions are good. But Mitch's question was specifically about um, broccoli and cauliflower and using them in stocks. And do they render, why do they render a a bitter taste? And they do render a slight bitter taste, but not as much as dandelions or mustard greens. And that's because of um, glucosinates that are in the broccoli and those cruciferous vegetables, I still use them to make stock because when you compare to the power of an onion and a carrot and a celery, and maybe a leftover um, uh, stalk from uh, broccoli or cauliflower or whichever, um, it certainly isn't going to render a totally bitter, um, pardon my dog, that means that the mailman um, postal worker is here. Sorry about that. Um, The other thing is that if you think that it renders that that bitter flavor, you could um, think about using uh, a little bit less of those uh, greens and such in your, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're making. So that should be pretty helpful to you. And Mitch, I think um, I was sharing with someone before that you're a current student, and it's always a joy to read your work and your enthusiasm. So um, keep up the great work. And He also has a question about low sodium. Let me let me jump on this for a second. So a couple of things I'm going to say about that. Uh, if you remember early on in your studies, you had that lemon assignment and um, remember that lemon and salt, that their flavor responses, flavor responses are on the same side of your tongue. So I like to layer up with lemon. Uh, Nowadays, um, Sanji uh, low sodium tamari comes in 25% off 50% off, it still carries sodium, there's about 700 milligrams of sodium in a tablespoon. But remember that a teaspoon of table salt contains um, about 2100 milligrams. So here's some low sodium tamari, which is good. Much lower in sodium. Next is going to be uh, Bragg's aminos, which also work very well and only carry 140 milligrams per teaspoon. So remember that salt is an acquired taste. And um, I, I have often seen people who start out really loving salt and then will use as many milligrams in soy sauce to get that flavor when in reality, you're still going over 2100 milligrams of sodium a day as prescribed by the World Health Organization. So I say more spices, more lemon and um, also just uh, sort of walk away slowly every day backwards from that salt. And it's funny because sometimes um, if we go out to eat or something, I will have to send something back because to me, it tastes terribly salty. And my husband will taste it and say, oh, it tastes great to me. Uh, So uh, it's an acquired taste and you can unravel it. So I hope that um, those uh, are helpful to you. And um, keep up the good work, Mitch. Very, very good. Um, This is from Lily B, who asks if there are any suggestions how to dry freeze cranberries and blueberry powder. I would put them in an airtight container, and I would, before I even cover the top, I would use a piece of either parchment paper or um, wax paper, or if you like to use plastic wrap so that it doesn't get freezer burn, so I would dig it into that. Um, I have some, uh, some fruit powder. I just keep it in the refrigerator because I use it on a more regular basis, but your freezer is good. Prevent freezer burn. Date it name it so that after five to six months, if you're doing an excursion in your freezer, wanting to know what something is that you have an idea about that uh, blueberry powder or whatever. So this next question was a very interesting one. I love Montreal. I have many relatives in Montreal. So uh, you'll find in the link that we have put on Linda, the link for Arden Mills Flour and Grain. It is a Montreal based company that makes a plethora of different flowers for um, you to look at. And then the other part about it is that if you're having difficulty finding that flower, you can um, make your own by using 489 grams of bread flour, adding to it 11 grams of vital wheat gluten, which we use to make uh, seitan. And you would want to blend those flours well together. And uh, you will yield a 14% protein flour that you will make your own. It's what they use in Europe to make those beautiful baguettes and ciabattas that just are so delicious. And and just delicious. So, um, you've got that information, but I know that we have put up the, um, Arden mills, um, uh, uh, link for you. And I think you'll find that very, very helpful. And, uh, let's see, this is from Elizabeth is my husband plant-based mine is, or totally on board. So I sometimes fix two dishes. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, in 2009, when I first went plant based, um, I would make dinner for me and I was telling the story to Anne Esselstyn and it, the story went like this. So then I'll make the same thing for the both of us, but I'll put a bowl of cheese on the table for him. And she was like, why are you putting cheese on the table? It's not a good thing to do. And so um, I'm not a short order cook. Uh, we don't live in a restaurant. Um my husband is not plant-based. However, he loves everything that I make. And if he is uh, wanting to have a, a, a an animal protein, um, we have designated pots because that's how, um, how I have evolved in my life as someone who is plant-based. Um, but yeah, it works for us. And um, he likes what I eat and we're both really healthy and uh, I think, I'm just thinking out loud for you, you know, starting out with Meatless Monday is always a great way to introduce everyone in your family to a no meat diet. And then what happens is that um, someone will say, hey, can you make that such and such again, and then you go and make it and you help to build new habits and not have uh, your own dietary uh, values become a wedge in friendships or anything else like that. So Anyway, that's just my, uh, that's my Oprah talk about uh, when everyone in your family isn't plant-based. Um, so Mitch, I already answered your low sodium question and I answered the cruciferous vegetable question. And um, I- I'm thinking, just thinking out loud about um, cream of cauliflower soup, plant-based of course, or cream of broccoli soup, of course and how they have never tasted bitter to me. So just remember that your mirepoix is the, um, the strong hitter, is the home run hitter in uh, your kitchen. So uh, adding those to whatever you make will certainly be a really, really good thing. And this is from Holly. And um, Holly's question is, uh, she's contemplating buying enamel Dutch oven from Merton and Stork, which is lighter, uh, I guess lighter than Le Creuset or other brands uh, mentioned. Uh, I'm wondering, is it really worth it thoughts? Well, um, I love to go to thrift shops. So some of my cast iron pots, um, which are Le Creuset, are from a thrift shop. And years ago, it was much easier to find them because not everybody was using Le Creuset. Um, I think that I would look for a sale, um, that I would try the pan or pot out. And today, everything in the world is returnable. So if you don't like it or it doesn't meet your cooking style, you could easily then, um, return it. I find it easy. They're very easy to clean, which I really, really love. And it's really funny the other night, um, uh, uh, a student had written, how easy the kitchen cleanup was after doing the no oil saute for the um, uh, mushroom dish that we have. And uh, when I first became plant based, I started dating the bottom of the dish soap because it lasted for such a long time because kitchen cleanup is so easy, but particularly uh, enamel pots. So I say buy one pot, or a little one or whatever and see what works best for you and uh, see how it goes. Yeah, I I will say if for those of you who live in this corridor or up the east coast of the United States, um, Lidl, which is a German grocery store, has very, very good um, cast iron pots and pans that are um, quote, quote, knockoffs of the real things and they cook beautifully and work just as well. So Um, that was a very good question. So next, um, this is a great question uh, about somebody who is making their own, um, plant based nut milks. And I wanted to share with you the easiest nut milk that I know, which consists of using, um, something like a Ninja. This is, uh, by the people who make Yonanas. It's $20. It's called the Yonana mini blender or whatever. Um, I have a date that is soaking in water. And here I have some almond butter and I've covered it with a dish towel because I wanted to remove some extra oil. So there is that. And then let me move over here and say that I made a cup and a half of beautiful, beautiful almond milk. I make it in small batches. You can keep it in the fridge. It tastes delicious. After you finish using it in the blender, uh, you might want to put it through a double mesh strainer because you can remove some of the residual of the dates. Because remember, not everybody has a Vitamix and that nut butter has been ground beautifully. And uh, I I would drink it for you on air, but I don't think that's a a good thing to do, so. I don't know why the almond wasn't successful. One of the important things about almond is uh, after you soak them, it's really good to take the skin off. So I don't know if that's uh, what your situation was, but when I do uh, use fresh almonds, I always make sure that the skin is not on them, but you've got to try the nut butter. It works really, really well. And here's the funny thing. This cup of water, makes 12 ounces of almond milk. So I don't know how that happens, but uh, it's creamy and delicious and smooth. So you might want to try that. Um, I think the uh, walnut, you can also buy, you know, walnut uh, butter so that if you don't wanna have to put the wear and tear on your blender or whatever, and you'll still get your omega-3s that way. So um, it sounds like you're doing well with that. So it's a great way to save money. Um, Almond milk in some parts of the country is four or $5 for 64 ounces um, or almost 2000 cc's. So you may wanna think about making your own. And it sounds, Cynthia, that you have found the magic recipe for doing that. So that is very, very good. Um, This is from Jane B. Hi, Jane. Uh, She likes uh, toasting nuts on the stove, but she's concerned about the negative health benefits of doing so. Can you speak to this? I don't toast nuts. I like to eat them raw. um, And I really can't answer that specifically for you. I've been making my own granola without any kind of sweetener. I've been using um, applesauce and orange juice as the sweetener and the nuts cook in the oven, but I don't toast nuts generally. So you may want to um, check with a dietician or Um, maybe read up about that. And if I find anything, we will post it here or we can post it on our Facebook page. And by the way, Facebook has um, three uh, uh, plots for um, Ruby. There's uh, Ruby Plant Pro, there's Ruby Forks Over Knives, And then there is the professional pro cook, which is a fascinating, fascinating program. Uh, and so, uh, I will post that there. I I will find the right article or speak to the right person for you. Uh, very good question, Jane, like that a lot. Uh, again, here is uh, Holly D who's also looking to lower her sodium and, and she wants to make her own sauces. Um, Whoa, sorry, I'm, I'm reading these um, off from my iPad. I think that we'll go back to the lemon. We'll go back to making our own sauces. Um, we'll go back from maybe starting out with some Bragg's uh, coconut aminos, which work very well. Uh, maybe go to a 50% of the tamari. Um Again, it's all a process. If you knew me um, 15 years ago before I was plant-based, I would be jonesing for salt. So uh, make food that's tasty, use herbs, use lots of spices. Um, I also find, and this, this uh, is just an interesting observation for myself, that the fresher the food, the better it tastes. So um, I will treat myself to a farmer's market on the weekend um, and cook wisely and cook smart, and also take advantage of my freezer and try not eating out as much because uh, the reason why food generally tastes good when you eat out is because there's a ton of sodium uh, in that food. So um, we have another question from uh, Cynthia. From Cynthia. Um, let's see. This is from uh, Regina. I'm sorry. Uh, asking about uh, what flavor or jam I like. It's whatever I have in the house. So uh, generally speaking, I prefer using a fruit conserve, which has no sugar in it, and uh, using a low sodium, um, a low sodium uh, tomato paste. And it makes a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, ketchup You can also put it in a blender if you want to have a really smooth one. If you have young children, they don't want to see particles of fruit floating around their ketchup when you make them a carrot dog. So um, there's that. So whatever your favorite is, everything works. Everything, whether it's orange marmalade or it's a fruit conserve, um, I would avoid uh, commercial things um, that come in fancy bottles that you squeeze and things like that. So... Um, this is from Heather. Uh, Heather's question is about applesauce. You know, I always buy the smallest jar of applesauce. Uh, so I think it is a 16 ounce jar that, and it has two cups of applesauce in it. So for cooking, uh, if I'm making muffins or waffles or pancakes or whatever, um, I would use about a cup and I'll date it with a Sharpie. And if it's coming up on uh, its near end date, which is about five days in the fridge, uh, I'll just eat the applesauce myself as a a dessert or a snack or something like that. So the refrigerator usually has a five day shelf life for anything that you have opened. So that's the general Ruby rule of thumb. Uh, Eating a whole food plant-based diet, Janet asks, uh, omega-3s. You're going to find omega-3s in flax meal. You're going to find find them in chia seeds. You're going to find them in um, uh, walnuts. So um, those are pretty good resources. And also, um, you may be at the grocery store and you may see, oh, look at this orange juice that has omega-3 in it. Well, unfortunately, that omega-3 is fish-based. So, um, you may want to just be aware of that. I use uh flax seed meal every day in my oats. Um, I like the flavor of it. It's nutty. You've got to use the ground flax meal for proper absorption because the uh, seeds do not uh, break down. So um, that's just my, my area of that. Uh, Ingrid has a question. Hi, Ingrid. We haven't seen you here for a while. Uh, she has a question about, um, iron skillets and, uh, there's one that has walls and another one almost flat. Does this matter? Is it worth buying the ones with the grill pattern? Oh, I have the grill pattern one and I absolutely love it for, uh, grilling eggplant. Uh, I love it for, um, the, um, Brussels sprouts assignment, which is one of my favorite all times. And I love, uh, I'll heat the pan first and then put the Brussels sprouts in so that there's a little extra heat and sizzle for that. But yes, the grill pan, it's about uh, 10 inches by 10 inches, works perfectly. Black and Decker makes a wonderful, wonderful model. You can find it at places like uh, TJ Maxx or uh, Target for $20.00. So uh, if you want to try that, I would definitely suggest uh, an outing to Target, but only to the housewares department because you know what happens when you go to Target. Um, you kind of get distracted by everything that's, that's there. So uh, that would be my suggestion. Uh, this is from Jane B. She has a question about a silicone mat in a dehydrator. Uh, my dehydrator comes with these sheets. Um, and I haven't used my dehydrator in a really long time. I use parchment paper lots of times. So uh, you can either just sit it flat on that meshy grill, use the sheets that Excalibur provides for you uh, or use uh, parchment paper. And it's interesting, when I was a student at Ruby, I bought uh, an inexpensive uh, dehydrator that took for days and days and days to make dehydrated crackers and things like that. And then I saw an ad on Facebook for an Excalibur and um, I paid $100 for it. It five, has five shelves in it. And I never use it. So my, my sense is uh, keeping your oven on as low as a temperature as can be. Uh, certainly helps to also develop really nice dehydrated foods. So um, that's just my uh, question about that. So um, (laughs) this is from Sandra A. Who wants to know some examples of things that I feed my husband. So, you know, what's a really good dish to begin with is a chili. Not with tofu in it, just with maybe a variety of beans, some corn, uh, seasoned with a seasoned a little picante and then serving it with a brown rice and either a guacamole or some sliced avocado. Um, pasta is another good one. And um, I'm trying to see, I've been making my own quote, quote, Parmesan. And it is, um, of course, nutritional yeast. It's whole wheat panko breadcrumbs, garlic powder, And uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, mix, mix, mix. And when you put it on top of pasta, it gives the same texture as a grated Parmesan Reggiano would or whatever. Italian food and Mexican food are very easy to work with. Scour the internet. Uh, There's a really good um, site on Facebook. It's called Fat-Free Air Fryer. And there are some wonderful, wonderful recipes that are provided Uh, on that site, so you might like that. Uh, Jane B. is asking about oil for the ganache cake. Uh, I think that if if I'm not mistaken, it recommends a coconut oil. Uh, That would best be a question for Chef Fran, who uh, is our go-to expert for all things related to any kind of desserts. So I believe that when I was a student at Ruby nine years ago, every time I did an assignment, and I've shared this with you before, I had a big disclaimer at the top of my final you know, the part three where you talk about what you made. There is no oil in this dessert, or there was no oil used to make this whatever. So um, sometimes I take the mentality of, whoops, I forgot to put in, in, in my own head, Uh, I I didn't see a difference in the ganache. I think I may have frozen it a little bit longer. But again, that would be a really good question uh, to ask um, Chef Fran. Uh, Oh, this is from Laura. See, she wants to know how my yogurt making is going. You know, uh, it's going rather well. I just finished uh, eight little six-ounce cups. I have to improve it a little bit. The texture was good on some and not good on others. I think I might go back to using my oven I also want to experiment with the warm function on my rice cooker. So I'll keep you posted. A very, very good question. Um, Let's see. I just want to see how we're doing with time here. We're great on time and I'll stay here for as long as you want to stay here with me. Um, uh, Cynthia has asked about the mushroom assignment, which is my favorite assignment, by the way. Um, She's not done well with mushrooms, either burning them in the pan or too wet and not tasting very, very good. So what I love about this assignment is the underscore of the importance of your mise en place is what really makes this assignment work. It's kind of like the next ingredient, uh, aside from the minced uh, shallots and chives and your mushrooms and uh, whether you're using a vegetable broth or a wine or a cooking wine or whatever, because it moves so quickly. And uh, I also find that having a stainless steel pan and doing the mercury water ball test is the most important thing. And then two more things. One is that it's really important for the mushrooms to be of the same size. And if you are buying pre-sliced mushrooms in your produce department we don't know when they were picked we don't know when they were sliced but if they are starting to look a little brown and maybe a little dehydrated your mushrooms are not going to taste good so i suggest uh baby bellas slicing them equally and then following that assignment to the letter and you will have the most delicious um, mushrooms I use a little extra garlic um, just because I like garlic and also do not use garlic granulated garlic or garlic powder because it burns immediately in the pan so um, I have seen where uh, some students have used that instead and also I also notice sometimes in the mise en place a jar of um, minced um, garlic from the store flavor's gone. You're not going to get that zing zing that you get from using, um, uh, fresh garlic. So remember also that garlic is a very low moisture vegetable. So that's why it's going to burn quickly. So make sure it's minced well, and then make sure that you put it in the order that it's supposed to go. It's my favorite assignment, believe it or not. I love when I, when the cue comes up and it's like, oh yeah, I have 10 mushroom assignments tonight. So that's always, um, so great. And Amy M, uh, and I think that might be Amy Mackey, uh, who is a dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for as long as we have both been plant-based. Um, if you're talking about Jane's book, or if you're talking about uh, Brian's book, they're both wonderful and delicious books. Some of you may know Amy. Um, she is with the Plant Strong Crowd, formerly known as Engine 2 and uh, a dear, dear friend. So, hey, Amy, it's good to see you here today. Uh, we've got the information for the Black History Month, and I think uh, that we are sadly uh, coming to an end. Um, this has been a ton of fun. I always enjoy meeting with all of you. Uh, I love seeing your assignments. I love seeing the progress that all of you show with your assignments. It's so wonderful to see. My last um, assignment-driven comment is that that last photo is sort of like your opportunity to provide us with the ruby in the crown, so to speak. So if it says to take the photo at an angle so that we can see the sides of your uh, ganache tart, ganache tart rather, excuse me, or uh, your pumpkin pie or an apple pie or whatever, it's crucial because we have big screens and we enlarge them a lot and we look at every nook and cranny. And the other thing is back to the mise en place picture. If you've got a gigantic mise en place and I'm seeing your dining room in the photo, I really would love for you to take your camera and do what's called a flat lay, a square or rectangle photo. And uh, this way that we can see everything because less comment my next favorite recipe is the tuna less salad i absolutely love that recipe it's my favorite and i'll look at the mise en place and i'll think oh um shallots are missing or oh my gosh the shallots are cut way too big or such and such is missing so the photos really really are important when you are an online learner and you are an online instructor the photo is sort of like the way for us to know best your work. So with that said, um, I think that uh, you need this book for Heart Health Month. And we'll go back to Brian Terry. This is a wonderful book. Thank you so much to all of you for your wonderful questions. Thank you very much to Patrick, today's um, producer who helps me in so many ways and just a wonderful colleague. And uh, I'll see you next month during, uh, I think it's Women's month next month. So take good care. Signing off from the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. I am Char have a great day.